0: On a previous podcast, Larry actually started a series that we're calling Larry's Top 5. We're going to continue that series today with the top five errors that retirees make. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you? I'm doing terrific, Eric. How are you? Doing fine. All right. I love this series. I love that every once in a while, you're going to throw out a podcast that's going to be in the Larry's Top 5 series. And today, specifically, it's errors retirees make. And when I saw this topic, Larry, honestly, I was thinking... I think that a lot of retirees or a lot of people that are looking forward to retiring at some point think, okay, if I accumulate enough and I set it up to where there's a monthly amount coming out to pay for my needs so I don't have to work, that's my retirement. But there's so much more to consider during the entire process. And and you've said on previous shows that you could be retired for 25, 35 years.
1: Absolutely. I mean. Most of our clients these days are pre-retirees and retirees, so we've seen dozens and dozens of these type of clients in meetings, and mm. I'm still surprised when somebody comes in and says, well, I'm thinking about retiring, and we ask them, okay, what are your expenses going to be? They have no idea. Mm. I say don't well, if we don't know how much your expenses are, how do you know how much money you're going to need, whether this is too much, not enough? We wanna make sure not only we don't underestimate expenses, we don't overestimate expenses and you don't enjoy as much during your lifetime. But a lot of people have just kind of paid their bills, made money and haven't really planned planned out. So the first thing we really wanna talk about is, okay, if you haven't figured out your expenses, what are some of the things that you can do? And usually the year before retirement, I say, okay, let's see how we can track your expenses. And some people are moan and groan and they don't really want to do a complete budget. So we have a couple of tricks of the trade that we kind of do and try to explain to them. So one of the ones that we recommend is all their salary and all the money that they make go into a savings account each month, not to a checking account. And then each month put in auto transfer from your savings to your checking So let's say you select $10,000 and goes from your savings to your checking, and at the end of the month, you still have more bills to pay. So you now move some more money and you write that down. And then after 12 months, you will know kind of what you spent during that year. You won't know what you spent it on, but at least you will know what your total expenses are. So it's a little bit of a way of doing that. Of course, trying to figure out what exactly your expenses are either doing in yourself through some online programs is much better and will give you a better comfort level in retirement.
0: I love that because what I see is if you physically have to move money from your savings to your checking to pay that bill, you're almost getting back to when we used to actually have to hand cash over right, to somebody. There's a little bit of a a pain method there to where you're like, oh, I got to move this money or, oh, I have to hand over this cash instead of it just automatically being paid out of the checking
1: account. Absolutely. Especially now when you're retired. So when you're retired, if, if we continue to do this automatically, you don't feel like you're mm-hmm. pulling money out of your personal accounts, more feeling like we've done one of these podcasts, you know, and talked about this retirement paycheck. It's like you've got the same paycheck as before. It's, it's all emotional, but it just seems to work better yeah. than pulling money out of your accounts on an as needed basis.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. What else in the in the so, calculating expenses part?
1: Yeah. So after we kind of do that and we kind of say, okay, these are the expenses. So then I start to talk about, okay, well now let's think about going forward because now what have you done for the last 30 or so years. You've worked Mm -hmm. at least five days a week for most people. And now you're going to have a lot more free time. Well, what are you going to do in that free time? (laughs) Oh, I plan on traveling more. I plan on going out to dinners more. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? Maybe your expenses are going to be higher in retirement, especially Mm. the first 10 years. What we've seen historically is the first 10 years of retirement, your expenses go up and then they kind of level off. And then they go up again in the last 10 years for medical expenses or things like that. So we not only do we want to plan for your expenses now, we want to plan going forward. Also, you're maybe eyeing a second home, or maybe you like to help with children or grandchildren's education. Mm-hmm. So although that's not really expense, it's going to be a, an outlay from your accounts, So we're starting to put together a map of what your future is going to be and what you're going to need. That's very important because sometimes some minimal, you think of minimal extra expenses each year, they add up and before you know it, you're not going to have enough money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm going to travel and I'm going down to Arizona or I'm going down to Florida to get to the warmth, I'm going to need an RV or I'm going to need a really nice Cadillac to drive there because I don't want to just fly. So there's another expense to add to that list.
1: Correct. And then also large ticket items. People say, oh, these are my expenses. And I'm like, well, you know what? You live in a 5,000 square foot home. You have a six-year-old car. You have two daughters." There's going to be some large ticket item expenses mm-hmm. that we may need to incorporate in this plan. And the biggest thing that a lot of people forget is inflation, mm-hmm. is that you can't just – your expenses are going to go up. I mean some things may be fixed, such as a mortgage payment, but food is going to go up. And so you you got to plan for that as well. Absolutely. So th- that's really the first the – first error that I seek. And believe it or not, I'll throw this in here. I would actually say most clients don't spend as much as they should or can in retirement. I know that kind of goes against um, (laughs) what you would think. But what we've found is people are nervous, so they want to be conservative. And again, not everybody. There are people we have that spend too much. But if you don't know what your expenses, is, all of a sudden your assets could continue to grow and you've missed the opportunity to enjoy life when mm-hmm. you can because you're worried about having enough money for the future. So it works both ways, not just underestimating, it's overestimating as well. Got it. All right, what's error number two? So error number two is in investing too conservatively. So, really? Yeah. So what happens is, When you're working and money is coming in, and if you invest in the stock market and the market goes down, yeah, you're not happy, but you know what, you're not pulling money out of that. So, but now all of a sudden, when that spigot of income from working gets turned off, people just get a little bit more conservative. They're like, I can't have my account go down. I've got to protect my assets. That was a big thing in 2008 is when the market did go down wanting to sell because they want to protect the balance of it. Mm -hmm. And that's just the opposite from what you want to do. Why can't you be too conservative? Well, because we've got 20 to 30 years of growth, 20 to 30 years of living left. So we have to grow your portfolio. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking out, for example, if you're taking out 4% of your assets and inflation is 2.5%, If you want to just continue your asset growth, that's 6.5% right there uh, just to maintain your current portfolio. So with interest rates as low as they are, you can't just have everything sitting in the bank earning a few percentage. So you want to create, and we've done a couple of these podcasts on our bucket strategies and, and determine how much you should have in safe in intermediate and in more aggressive market portfolios so you can go back and listen to one of those but you need to have some growth in your portfolio and the other thing that i say and i'm going to call this conservatively is clients chase yield they're like okay i have 2 million dollars if i can get 6% on my returns there's 120,000 and that's all i need so they look to invest in either bonds or certain stocks that are throwing off higher income and don't underestimate the risk of doing that and that those investments could go down in value. Or they don't understand that, especially on bonds, clients say, well, I'm getting 5% return. I'm like, yeah, but you paid a premium Mm -hmm. to get that that you're going to lose when those bond matures. So they get a little bit non-understanding and just tracing yield instead of trying to look at a total return to their portfolio. And then two other things in there, part of it is kind of market timing. We're going through it now, you know, talking to people, oh, the market's so high. I don't want to be in the market. Let's get out of the market. I'm concerned about it. And they want to feel good that they made their decision and made the right decision. And Mm hmm you know there is you know, as much as we try to tell people you're not going to get it right and maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get it right and you'll get out on the on the upside before the downside will you get in before the upside probably not studies after study this year is a perfect example december the market got crushed January, February, March, we've had a huge run-up. So if you got out, great. But if you didn't get back in, it doesn't do you any good, let alone some of the tax ramifications by trying to time the market. Mm -hmm. So don't listen to the news. Put a portfolio together. Look at our bucket strategy to see where you should have some more aggressive investments and where you should be more conservative. Don't be too overly conservative when you're first starting out in retirement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That news can just be so distracting to a plan. And that's why it's so important to have somebody in your corner that removes the emotion from it. And I know that's 90% of your job is to be able to remove that emotion from their decisions to be able to just guide them and say, you know what, this is what we planned for. We're good. So that's great.
1: What is error number three, Larry? Error number three is not planning for income taxes. And this is becoming even more, more important because the less taxes you paid, guess what? The more money you have for yourself. A lot of clients and potential clients have all been taught that any tax sheltered investment, your IRA, your 401k, you don't take money out of there until you're 70 and a half. And then at 70 and a half, now, you will take out what's called required minimum distributions. Mm -hmm. But what we have found is that by delaying that, those accounts have grown that your taxes that you have to pay when you're 70 and a half are much higher. So Mm -hmm. before 70 and a half, if you're retired at 65, you want to look at your tax bracket. And if you're in a very low tax bracket, you may want to take money out of your IRA account. I know accounts will cringe at that and saying, why pay some taxes now? Well, if you take money out and you pay 12% in taxes now, it'll be a lot better than paying 30% in taxes three or four years down the road. Mm-hmm. You want to look at the tax ramifications. You want to look at, okay, where am I going to take the money out of? If I have this investment that has made me a lot of money and I sell the whole thing, am I going to have capital gain tax on that this year? And how much? Should I do that over time? Determining which accounts to draw it down from is extremely, extremely important. Mm -hmm. You want to know how much from each account, which years, you want to have a game plan on when you want to do this. And even some instances, you want to do a Roth conversion. Again, we've had a podcast on Roth conversions. With the new tax laws, there are some lower brackets that you could take advantage of now. And in 2025, the tax law sunsets. It's a possibility the interest rates would be higher at that particular time. So again, not planning for taxes and income taxes is my error number three, and that just puts more money in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. What is error four? Error four is incorrect social security decisions. We get this all the time, all right, I'm retired, I want to get my free money. I want to sell my Social Security. I'm 63 years old. I know I won't get the full amount, but I just want to get that amount of money. And then some of the questions come up. Well, are you going to be working part time? Yeah, I'm still going to be working. Well, you know, there's some givebacks if you take Social Security before 65. Oh, I didn't know that. Or what are the tax ramifications? Or what am I giving up? especially if I live a long life, Mm -hmm. the real planning that comes into place is really not just on the first spouse, but looking at it together with a married spouse. So if one spouse made a lot more money and the other one did not make a lot more money, you may be better off waiting into age 70 for a lot of different reasons. You possibly have more money for both of you over both of your lifetimes Also, there's some tax planning that could be done, such as error number three, because if you don't have any Social Security coming in until 70 and a half, you'd have a lower tax bracket. If you wait to 70 and a half, your Social Security may be higher. I think we've done four podcasts on Social Security. So going back and looking at some of those podcasts, if you want to hear more about that, but that's error number four, making the wrong Social Security decision.
0: Now, Larry, I know that you said you had mentioned somebody taking it early and then wanting to work part time, and you said a term. Some give back. Can you explain what that means to the audience? What what is a give back?
1: Yeah, I don't want to quote the exact numbers, but if you are earning for every, I think at age 60, you know, before age 64, for every two dollars you make, you forfeit one dollar in Social Security. And mm-hmm. then at age sixty-five, I think it's three dollars you make you have to give back every one dollar. So you got to be careful. If you take Social Security, you may end up forfeiting some of that by some of the earnings. Got it. Yep. Okay. That clears it up. Thank you. All right. On to error number five. What do we got? Error number five, incorrect or no legal documents. And I'm also going to throw in beneficiaries in here as well. So again, one of the things that we see is that you don't have the proper wills or Mm -hmm. the wills are 20 years old and they haven't been reviewed or you don't have a will so how would your money be distributed upon death? And now that you're obviously retired, it's, you're getting closer to that. Also, other legal documents, such as the power of attorney. If you're not able to, to be able to pay your own bills because you're in a hospital, that's an issue. Or a healthcare proxy, being able to make decisions. I had this with my mom one year. She took ill and she was in the hospital. Then... I didn't have a copy of her healthcare proxy at that particular time. I did have her power of attorney. And luckily, I was able to go into our financial institutions and handle that. But if I didn't have a power of attorney, how would all of her accounts be be paid? Mm -hmm. So having those legal documents set up just in case is extremely important. And we find either they don't exist or they're wrong or they have somebody that passed away. As a trustee or an executor, that's another error there. And then beneficiaries having the wrong beneficiary. They have the clients have these great wills. Pointing back to a podcast we just did on that, where we had a, a client who the, the the father named the beneficiaries a revocable trust instead of individuals, which meant that they had to withdraw from the IRA within four years because he was 93 years old, rather mm. than stretching it over their lifetime, all because the wrong beneficiary was there. Making sure you have the right legal documents, making sure you have the right, the right beneficiaries is, is my error number five.
0: Got it. Yeah, that's the tax implications on those people, on their children or grandchildren that were
1: included in that. must have been huge. It was, but it's not even just the tax implications. I would say there are a few times in my career that we've looked at beneficiaries and they were missing a child. They had three children, and they named two children as contingent benefit, and they left the third child. A lot of older IRA beneficiaries here, and this is really important, don't name per stirpes. So, you know, what does that mean? Well, again, this would probably only come into play if there was a common disaster, but if you name three children as beneficiaries, and something happened to that one child and you, and didn't name it per stirpes... That portion of their amount would go to the other two children rather than that child's child or your grandchildren. Mm, so wow. making sure that you have the right wording in these beneficiaries, and a lot of these IRAs and 401K are big numbers is a big error that, that we find there.
0: Yeah, I've never heard of that word. That's a tough one. Posturpees? Per Stirpes, yes. Per Stirpes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tongue twister. All right, what else are we covering today? That's five errors on Larry's top five. What else are we talking about today?
1: Those are really the top five errors. You know, just to summarize, is making sure that you could determine an accurate uh, accounting of your expenses, making sure you have a good investment strategy and portfolio with an asset allocation. Looking at ways of minimizing your taxes and maximizing what goes into your account. Determining when the optimal time to take Social Security. That's different for mm-hmm. everybody. Not two people are the same. And then making sure you have all the proper legal documents and beneficiaries in place. Those, are, those top five right there cover a lot of things that need to be done. And I would say that most potential clients that come into place miss the boat on these. Yeah, and this is going to be a little cheesy, but I'm
0: adding error number six. And this is this can be Eric's error, not Larry's error. But I think one error would be not getting your new book. You have a book coming out, right?
1: Yes. So we have a book coming out. And this one kind of tease you a little bit. We'll hold off on the name. It's going to be on retirement. We're just putting the finishing touches on that. We'll have a podcast on the book coming up soon. Nice. So uh, keep an eye on that. And thank you, Eric. You bet. No, I'm excited to
0: read it. Thank you, Larry, for your time today. Uh, Thank you, Eric. And thank you all for listening to the Retire Right podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.